Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, my audience is high-income earners, professionals, doctors, lawyers, dentists, accountants, um, where I try to bring entrepreneurs, business owners, people doing very innovative things and bring you in on the conversation to hopefully get inspired, motivated, educated. So today we have um, Doug Thorpe, and he's going to be talking about leadership powered by common sense. And we'll let him describe his bio, but today's topic is going to be all about creating a powerful leadership framework, showing up, empathy, authenticity. So it's going to be a great discussion. So Doug, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Lou. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, all my friends call me Chris. So um, Chris, okay. Chris it is. Yeah, and no worries. And uh, just tell us more about your background, your company, how you got started, and we'll go from there. Yeah, great. Well, the the firm I run is called Headway Exec, and we are all uh, we are all about leadership development and also we do some business advisory work. I got into it because many years ago, I uh, came out of school, I was commissioned in the U.S. Army, which is a lot about leadership, and after a short tour of duty, I uh, got out of the service and went into banking, and for the next 20 years, I was helping business owners of all sizes uh, grow their businesses. Our bank happened to be unique at the time. We were more consultative bankers. We didn't just sit behind a desk and take loan requests. We uh, actually got out in the field and helped our owners with things that they were doing. And that fueled for me a passion because there was one observation I got from those 20 years. I watched a lot of owners build really successful businesses, but then possibly the, the success they had wanted caused them to fail they were not making their own mental shifts about what it took to run the business at the next level. Oh, interesting. So <clears throat> that's quite interesting. I think um, I was hearing a couple of podcasts earlier this week and talking about, you know, originally, you know, business owners, they get in to sort of, you know, quote, run away from something could be, but then, you know, once you reach a certain level, then you have to start finding things that you're running towards. So, um, what what are some of the um i guess mindsets that help or or that contribute to an entrepreneur's success like once they make it what are some of the things that cause them to fail or or lose it well if if you think in real simple terms of growing a business when you grow your business inevitably you're going to expand the size of that business and expansion usually means adding people to a team. And as the team continues to grow, the owner founder can't necessarily manage everybody on the team. And they're going to probably begin to think in terms of needing to create some layers or departments uh, like classic you know, simple definition is like sales and operations. You got people out selling and you got people delivering. So um, it's that it's that need to manage that group. But more importantly, as it gets big enough, it's not just about management, but it's about leading those people 
to rally around the vision and the values that you're wanting to deliver. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And um, yeah, I hear a lot of stories um, just of uh, entrepreneurs making that shift. Um, so you talk about creating a powerful leadership framework for your clients. What is that framework and you know why is it so powerful? Well, typically when I start working with a client about their leadership development, what we start with is trying to create a definition and we talk about the leader they think they need to be. And I, I quickly tell everybody there's no one size fit all and there's no magic answer to that question. If you go to Amazon and uh, you put in the word leadership, you're going to get about 160,000 books that have been written on the subject. The interesting commonality among all those books is the fact that everybody usually lists some attributes that make up a good leader. And the challenge is for an owner to individually think about what their list needs to look like. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, um, so uh, one thing is uh, learning a lot of when a lot of entrepreneurs they start their businesses, it's usually a solopreneur, and then they grow. Uh, they go from doer, and then they their business grows. How do they shift from um, leader and then making that leader leadership shift? Yeah, I talk in terms of making the transition from founder to CEO. And if you think about the usual founder, they've got some skill or some vision or some idea that they're wanting to turn into a business. And in the, in the case of, you know, professionals like doctors, dentists, and so forth, obviously that's the, the training and, and, and the learning that they've got that they want to apply. But as we said, as, as you start growing a business, you're going to add a team and you need to start moving away from just a focus on that specialty and into a, a thought process about how you're going to have those other people do some of the work. And if you're a specialist, you may still be the one actually doing a lot of the work, but if you're really growing a business, you've got to build a team around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about team and really, it's really, uh, I read a really fascinating book. I uh, can't remember when it, but it was talking about working on your business. So creating systems and automations and yeah. managing yeah. people um, instead of working in your business, like, you know, yeah. So um, that was probably Gino Wickman's traction book. It uh, he describes something he calls the entrepreneur operating system. And, and that is a popular phrase. Don't work in your business, but work on the business. And that's a that's a critical mindset shift that a lot of entrepreneurs have trouble making. Yeah. Yeah. Especially doc- doctors, especially because I come from that and, you know, doctors, they want to do everything themselves and they think they can do everything. And it's really, you know, with today's healthcare system, it's really, I mean, it's impossible. So um, really, you know, it's building the systems and the team. So um, authenticity and empathy in creating a culture of trust uh, for leaders. That's a, that's a big topic nowadays, actually. 
there, um, there was a big study done by Google that actually happened before the pandemic. The finding was released in 2018. They did a two-year study. It was not clear to them why some of their teams performed so much better than other teams. They knew they were, uh, I'll call them world record holders in the way they recruited people. So they got the best of the best. And empirically, you would think that, well, if we're having all these high-performing individuals, when we put them on teams, all the teams ought to work the same, but they <laughs> didn't. And the long story short, they came up with a, a, a couple of attributes that contributed to the highest performing teams. And the runaway winner was this thing they called psychological safety. Well, you read all the words around that, and we're talking about good old-fashioned trust. You know, as an employee, do I trust my environment? Do I trust my boss? Do I trust my coworkers? And it's up to leaders to build that environment of trust. Yeah. And that's a huge challenge. And it, it was uh, coincidental that even as that study was coming out, a colleague of mine and I were writing a book called Trust at Work. <laughs> and uh, we were so happy to see that Google study make the press and really elevate the sensitivity to the idea of leaders building trust. Uh -huh. And I know, I know that trust is, um, you know, that's a huge topic. What are just some big overarching principles about building trust at work and within a team? Well, the way I like to talk about it and, and share with my clients is when you really get basic, and here's my common sense approach to things, um, when you really get basic, trust is a process that two individuals in, enter into, and it's, you've heard the phrase, know, like, and trust. You got to know a person first, you got to decide if you like them, and then you can begin to trust them. Well, the process to do that is fundamentally all boiled down to a series of questions. And if you think about the dating game, you, you know, you find somebody you, you're attracted to, so you invite them on a date. And inevitably, what you're doing is you're going through a series of questions, you know, what kind of movies do you like? What kind of music do you like? Where do you like to go? What do you like to do? Who do you like to see? And you're going through this back and forth, and you're kind of consciously and subconsciously checking off boxes to say, I do like this person. And we align on some critical areas, so I think I can trust them. Well, the same thing is happening at work. Your employees show up with questions, and they might not verbalize all of them, but they're going to be in the back of their minds, and they're going to watch you as a leader, and they're going to check the boxes of, of whether or not their questions got answered sufficiently. And in our, our book here, we talk about six different areas that a leader needs to be sensitive to and the kinds of questions employees are going to be asking. If you as a leader can answer all of those questions, and the answer doesn't always have to be yes, but it has to be a fair no, and here's why, so that people can have that understanding and make that judgment. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, for all the listeners out there, I'm sure your book, your Doug's book, will be is available on Amazon, I believe. Um, it is correct. Yeah. So be sure to check that out. The resources will be in the links and show notes. Um, so you know, another question I have is, um, I talked to a lot of colleagues. 
I see all the top talent. Uh, they're coming out of school. Some of them aren't even going to school, and it's they're the cream of the crop. And they're they're not they don't want to work for organizations. They want to start their own companies, businesses, um, especially after pan the pandemic. How does your model fit within this whole post pandemic world? What are you seeing, et cetera? Well, I, I do agree. There's there's a giant challenge in the traditional employment market. Uh, I've had several guests on my own podcast where we've talked about the hiring and recruiting and even employee retention challenges that are out there. The, the market is incredibly competitive. That's an understatement. And more importantly, the pandemic has caused a mindset shift in the average human being. We all in our own individual ways were confronted with falling to the lowest level on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We feared for our very existence. In, in one form or fashion, as you went through the pandemic, you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know what COVID really was. There was a lot of confusing and misinformation swirling around. And the bottom line is, speaking purely in a business standpoint, employees have showed back up for work with a whole different attitude about going to work. They, because they got so close to their mortality, they've decided I've got new standards on what I'm going to accept. I'm not going to embrace command and control from my boss. You know, if you're the old school guy that wants to just crack a whip and tell me what to do, guess what? I'm going out the door. And uh, it has caused leaders to really need to reevaluate how they're engaging with their teams. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, you know, now these days <clears throat> with the internet and social media, you know, the, I know a lot of, um, you know, people are, like I said, leaving, just doing their own thing. And they realize that, um, you know, there's only one life, so you might as well take a risk. And so, um, yeah, that's quite interesting, you know, leaders, and I'm sure in the book, it's taught, probably talked about all of that. Um, the next question, the, I mean, we're getting um, closer to the end of the interview, but sure. what's the, what's the difference between management and leadership? Well, that's a great question. And once upon a time, I could ask that question and people would struggle. They weren't, weren't even sure there was a difference. But lately, and when I say lately, the last three to five years, when I ask that question, everybody agrees there is a difference. There's a lot of different ways to describe it. But the, the simplest one I go by is management is about process and leadership is about people. If you manage something, you can turn the dials hit the goal, you know, make the numbers happen. And there are people that have spent their entire career or run a reasonably successful business being nothing but managers. But likely in that process, there've been a lot of people turnover. They've, they've plowed through a lot of personnel to get there. Leaders, on the other hand, inspire people to engage in the cause they, they are inspired by a vision, and they feel a sense of pride in seeing that vision come together and happen, but it's the leader that helps them do that, and it's the leader that needs to show the, the empathy and the uh, encouragement 
to people to pull them along toward that bigger goal. Yeah, that's interesting. It's so fascinating. Uh, I know, <clears throat> you know, management and leadership, all of these are very soft skills and it's really an area where, you know, it's a lot of research and development. So how can people follow you um, on social media, contact you, you know, check out your book, your website, et cetera? I'm pretty well all over social media. The, the easiest way to begin, though, is go to my website. It is DougThorpe.com. Yeah. Doug. And there's uh, there's a link there. I offer a free discovery call. We can just have a chat. We can, uh, you can ask me questions. I can share things with you. And if, if there is an interest and an opportunity to engage, we'll certainly do that. I don't do hard sell or hard pressure or anything. Uh, I'm all about serving the world and helping create an environment where we do have better leaders everywhere. Excellent. Yeah, what a fantastic mission. You know, this podcast really is just to share that you know, hope and inspiration. Um, and thanks so much for coming on to the show. It's been a great discussion. You know, hopefully a lot of people got some value out of it. Um, be sure to check out Doug's resources and we'll call it, and for, with that, we'll call it a day. All right, Chris. Thank you.